Hello, hello, my darling friend. Welcome to Dreamwinder Manor, a playground for conscious artists. Here, we use the power of storytelling to open you to your limitless creativity and to help you design a life experience beyond your wildest dreams. So, if you're ready, come on in, let's play. Hello, my darling conscious artist. Welcome to the Dreamwinder Manor podcast. I am your host, Nicole Beamer, and I'm pleased to walk you through today's immersive story, Finding Uncle Abbott. As you may know, I am an author and an alchemist. As such, this story has been written in a very particular way. First, as I mentioned, it's immersive. That means it's hypnotic in nature, contains both sensual and emotional stimuli, and provides a delicious audio experience that will lull you into a deeper knowledge of your beautiful creative consciousness. Second, the story is calibrated to align with the archetype of creativity that resides within you. If you'd like to learn more about this, I recommend that you hop into episode one of the podcast and have a listen as it gets into all of the energetic nuts and bolts. I'll leave a link to that episode in the caption. Finally, you are the main character in this tale. When you step into the story and become a relative of Uncle Abbott, you immediately embody the creator. You acknowledge this energy and consciousness and experience yourself and the storyline that takes shape around you as creativity. You perceive yourself through the eyes of this inherent archetype and feel yourself through its sensual body. Remember, this archetype is you. As you are aware of yourself as the creator, it serves as your conscious experience of life. This is what consciousness does, after all. It is the full recognition of what is already alive and well inside of you. The story is merely an opportunity to witness and enjoy how creativity flows through you now. A very private and intuitive experience, the only rule is to enter the story with the deepest love and respect for yourself and your glorious inner artist. All right, if you're ready, let's get comfortable. Let's hop into the story. Close your eyes. Take a long, relaxing inhale. Hold it at the top. Hold. Then blow out through pursed lips. Again, take a long, deep breath. Hold it. Hold. Now let it out like you're blowing out your birthday candles. One last time, deep breath in. Hold it at the top. And this time, I want you to sigh it out. <sighs> Feel your body melt into the floor beneath you. All tension slipping away. Your muscles loosen. Your fibers relax. 
and your organs flow in their purpose. Peaceful, open, and free. Imagine all the fluids in your body, rich, energized, potent, moving like a gentle stream. So effortless, so easy. You are fully and completely clear. Your body lingers in a state of absolute rest. Any last remnants of old energy you might have been holding on to drift away. You know that you do not need them for this journey. You are safe and protected because you are yourself. You care for yourself through surrender, non-resistance, unconditional love, and universal prosperity. You are dear child, now and always. Allow your consciousness to drift in this state of deep knowing. It slips around you like a warm blanket made of the silkiest material. It cradles you, your whole self, and eventually you realize that this blanket is the absolute. Its conscious energy moves through you, around you, infinitely sourcing you, providing wisdom, love, bliss, and creativity beyond anything you could possibly imagine. It is the aspect of you that lives within. It cannot be seen, and yet you know it is there. Your perception of it is constant and unyielding. You tune into this part of yourself noticing how eternal and formless it is, an infinite void that stretches on forever and ever. You notice that here, in this space, you are only aware of yourself, of your conscious existence, nothing more, just you and your awareness, your I am. Feeling into this truth, into what it means to be the I am, you simply recognize your awareness and take a moment to sit with yourself in this way. Now, as you linger in this space, you slowly become conscious of a tiny pinprick of light far in the distance. It is the tiniest speck, so far away, yet closer than you think. As you focus on it, the light seems to grow, and it is then that you realize you are moving toward it. Or is it moving toward you? Here, things seem paradoxical, but you don't mind. Whatever the case, the light is getting closer, expanding as your field of vision narrows in on it. Eventually, your whole environment is shrouded in white light, and you dwell in a colorless space, 
all former blackness forgone, though you can still feel its presence. It seems to you that your awareness has simply taken the form of light. It feels wonderful, and you bask in its expression, joy gusting through your consciousness like a soft breeze. Gentle and soothing, it blows at the edges of your mind, warm and welcoming. Batting your eyes, you find yourself standing at an open window, gazing out at a large estate. The property unfolds before you in a magnificent spectacle of shadow and light. Divided into colorful geometric gardens, the design is anchored by a large round pond. It sits star center, so still it reminds you of a looking glass. Indeed, you spy the sky's brilliant blue palette and a flurry of opaque clouds reflected in its placid surface. Beyond the lake and its brightly hued arrangement stands a massive forest that seems to go on forever. The tree line is diverse, laced in green and gold and sporting various textures. You wager there are many different species of tree in this grove. A smile touches your lips as you imagine yourself walking through the vibrant woodland, curiosity pulling you forward, leading you to the most incredible places. Your head jerks as an odd sound echoes through the room behind you. Spinning on your heel, you gasp as you take in an elegant study teeming with books, astronomy equipment, and fantastic artifacts. Conversation areas bound in sheepskin and walnut dot the wide space, and above you, the pitched ceiling is painted dark blue. Gilded constellations, galaxies, and flaming comets dapple its exterior. Awed by the incredible craftsmanship, you draw a deep breath and notice the study's unique scent. Leather, parchment, and something musky. A delicious blend, it thickens the air. Its essence so sensual, it brushes your skin like fine silk. At the other end of the room is an arced alcove surrounded by books. Inside sits a beautiful Art Deco writing desk, its surface scattered with papers, antique volumes, colorful journals, and roughly sketched maps. Behind, a fire roars in a massive fireplace with a bowed stone surround. Strange insignia and symbols are etched into the mineral. Intent on getting a better look at them, you move forward, inadvertently bumping a small implement with your toe. It skates across the floor, spinning wildly, its trajectory only ceasing as it meets the base of a mounted globe. Squinting, you realize it's a key, and likely the very thing that drew your attention to the room in the first place. Bending down, you study the iron relic, intrigued by its exceptional design. Hand forged with a hefty heart-shaped grip, the key scrollwork is highly detailed. Clearly made with love, you handle the item with care, delighted 
by its strong composition. Running your fingers along the blocky teeth, down the smooth edge of the shank, all the way to the sinuous head, a powerful feeling moves through your body. Subtle and effervescent, it bubbles in the pit of your stomach, slowly condensing, becoming more potent the longer you focus on it. As the sensation builds, it moves through your trunk, into your arms and legs, down to your hands and feet, until your whole body is lit with excitement. Fantastic ideas dance through your mind as you consider what the key might open. An old steamer trunk filled with incredible items, a cabinet to another world, a safe filled with pirate's gold, the secret sanctum of a supervillain, one after another, the possibilities roll in. You close your eyes, allowing yourself to linger, highly aware of the eternal library within you, of all the fabulous storylines and opportunities at your fingertips. you stumble backwards, shocked to find that the study's mounted globe is spinning. You palm your face and glance around. There is no one else in the room, but that does not alleviate your uncertainty. You know you did not touch the globe, yet here it is, swirling in its golden mount, countries bleeding together in a torrent of color. You stand there, watching its movements, unsure what to make of this new development. Your mind is, again, abuzz with possibility, and you tap your chin, pondering what could have caused the phenomenon. The wind? No, the globe is much too heavy. Perhaps the floor is unsteady and your weight threw it off balance. Bouncing on your toes, you realize this too is not the case. The floor is secure. You wish you could say the same for your theories. As you continue to mull over potential causes, the globe suddenly stops cold, as if controlled by an invisible force. Quiet descends over the room, and you gape at the painted sphere, heart pounding in your chest. A full minute passes without further incident. In time, you relax, confident that you are safe, that despite the oddities of this place, you needn't worry. Nothing dangerous has happened so far. Things have been more of a curiosity than anything else. Biting your lip, you lean forward to study the globe more closely. Your eyes widen as you discover that this is not a map of the Earth as you know it. This is a strange world with abstract provinces and boundary lines. Your mouth ticks open as you spy a small keyhole drilled into the center of a land with oddly shaped edges. Dreamwinder Manor? You read the name aloud, and a feeling of deja vu washes over you. While you have never heard of it, something about the land seems familiar, like a place visited in a dream. 
Glancing down at the key in your hand, you realize the lock on the side of the globe is a perfect fit. You can tell by its shape and size. Adrenaline rushes through you and you shift on your feet. Should I? Your words are a whisper, but they echo through the study, vibrating in every curve and corner, rumbling in the walls and the floor beneath you, and up through the chimney's smoking chute. Without a thought, you shove the key into the lock. Turning counterclockwise, a loud click echoes through the center of the globe. You stagger sideways as the floor beneath you shifts, revealing a hidden door in the wall behind the mount. Grasping the base, you hold tight, fingers bleeding white as you are whisked into a secret room or secret passage. The timber-lined corridor is narrow and dim, lit by flickering light that spills through the bottom of a door at its end. The ceiling hangs a few feet above your head and cobwebs soften the corners. Swallowing hard, you suddenly feel anxious. What were you thinking coming in here? You have no idea where this hallway leads. It was foolish to think that you could... Pausing mid-thought, you know there is really no difference here than there was in the study. Both places are unfamiliar in a surreal yet intimate way. You gather that regardless of where you are, there you are. Cocking your head back and forth, you shrug, pocket the key and make your way down the passage, your steps measured and mindful. It is remarkably quiet. You hear only the sound of your feet against the wooden floor and the soft tempo of your breath in and out, in and out. As you move, you notice that the hallway is rather balmy, air draping your body like a cloak, creating a sense of comfort and warmth. Closing your eyes, a soft grin turns your lips and you blow out a sigh, tension melting from your form. You slow as you reach the door, lingering in front of it, relaxed, but also curious. You long to know what lies on the other side. Tracing the knob with your thumb, you contemplate whether you should knock. The muffled sound of children's laughter drifts through the wood, followed by the booming voice of an older gentleman. Do come in. We are just settling down for a story. Your jaw wags. Now, now, don't be shy, join us. With great care, you open the door and peek inside. Twelve little faces turn toward you, eyes filled with excitement. You're here, a little boy declares, his freckled face twisting in a toothless grin. Uh, you stammer, I am. Come in, a little girl bounces on her knees and waves you forward. Never one to deny a child, you step into a quaint parlor with unusual art and antique furnishings. The room is arranged around a small fireplace with an iron hearth and asymmetrical chimney. Large windows span the far wall, and golden light spills through the panes, illuminating the floor in angular beams. A few of the children rush forward, taking your hands and pulling you to the floor, where they gather around a lean, silver-haired gentleman with deep emerald eyes. I'm glad you could join us, he says with a wink. You gape at him, 
dressed in a vintage three-piece suit, he sits before a roaring fire in a purple velvet wingback. His posture is easy, much like his manner, and exudes a palpable contentment. It saturates the room, suffusing everything and everyone. Despite the man's serene exterior, he is exceptionally alert. There is great wisdom in his gaze, and you suddenly realize how much you want to hear his story. As the children crowd in around him, you know they too long to listen to whatever this whimsical gentleman has to say. Clearing his throat, your host pulls an old diary from beneath his chair and slips on a pair of wire-rimmed spectacles. I am Uncle Abbott, he says, face crinkling with mirth, and I am so tickled to welcome you to my home. Each of you is here today because you have chosen to be part of something. He meets your eyes. A story. What kind of story? One of the children shouts. A fantastic one. A shy child in oversized glasses raises a shaky hand. Can you tell us this story? Alas, the story is not mine to tell, he says with a tender smile. But I can lead you to it. Opening the diary, Abbott wets his thumb and flips the center of the volume. I discovered this field journal long ago. It belonged to one of my ancestors and contains a great legend, one that captivates those who are chosen to receive it. You, dear friends, have been chosen, not because you are selected by me, but because you are here. The story is written for you, as it is written for all who rendezvous with me. A wily grin slides across his face. Listen to the tale, decipher the clues, and you will discover a fabulous treasure. Pirate's gold? A young boy pipes up. Abbott lifts a brow. Perhaps. That all depends. On what? You ask. The gentleman lifts his chin. On you frowning, you consider his words, letting them slide through your consciousness, weighing their deeper meaning. Allow me to tell you the story, he adds with a dip of his head, and you will understand. He slaps his knee. Are you ready? A unanimous yes rises from the children. With a nod of satisfaction, Abbott begins to read. Journal of Lavender Mercier, 29 day of August, 1649. The most wondrous event took place today. It is so fantastic, I scarcely know how to speak of it. I discovered a letter in an ordinary place, a small wood near my home where I often take refuge. This forest has been a favorite haunt of mine for many years. Not until this day did I notice a small grotto amidst a dense thicket of trees, the very place where the letter was hidden. The day is warm and sunny, perfect for a walk in my favorite forest. Slipping through an opening in the fence at the far end of my estate, I follow a small stream that abuts the property line. It weaves its way into a thick coppice of pine. The tree's savory scent is a familiar stout that steals my stresses and plunges me into a state of absolute relaxation. I take a deep breath 
enjoying the sound of the water as it rushes over the rocks, listing back and forth in a playful manner. The stand of pine gives way to a broad grove packed with diverse plant life. Many different birds and animals dwell in this place, and I wonder who will make an appearance today. As if reading my mind, a raven calls overhead, announcing my arrival. Animals deep within the thicket thrash and flee, running from this familiar stranger. A pair of brave squirrels loop around a trunk nearby, pausing to look at me, noses twitching and eyes alert. I tip my head and murmur a soft hello, which sends them flying into another tree, chattering at one another about my woodland etiquette. With a hearty chuckle, I continue forward, scanning the rocks and bushes and the soft carpet of moss that covers the forest floor. Above me, ivy dangles from the canopy like a lady's shawl. It is a fashionable forest. Ahead, shafts of golden sunlight drip through the tree line like honey, condensing on the ground in thick-set puddles. I leap from one to the other in an impromptu game, legs and lungs burning. Great peals of laughter spill from me, and I hoot with glee as the magic within gives new life to the forest. Indeed, whenever I come to this place, my mind lays itself bare, childish ideas spilling from me in great swells. It seems only natural to be my whole self here, to recognize the creative blood pouring through my veins. Rushing forward, I launch myself off a rock and grab hold of a tree branch. Swinging like a monkey, I gradually gain momentum and flip myself onto a neighboring limb. Without a thought, I scale to the top and gaze out over the extensive woodland. Logically, I know this place has borders, but today it seems to go on forever, its fluffy textured body spanning the horizon. It must be my current position. With a shrug, I pivot on my branch, stopping short when I spot a bouldered area a hundred yards from where I sit. My eyebrows pull together. This is very peculiar. I know the forest like the back of my hand and have never, ever seen a crop of boulders this large. There is even a cliffside erupting from the soil. I need a closer look. Dropping to the ground, I head in the direction of the boulders, traipsing through the dense underbrush, dodging suspicious ivy and thorny bushes. Claw-like limbs snag my clothing, but I forge ahead, determined to discover a hidden pocket in my favorite haunt. I halt before a ringed opening. I have never seen it before. It's made from thick strands of creeping vine and just big enough for me to wiggle through. I crouch into a ball, rolling past the natural barrier into another world. My eyes go wide as I take in a stunning expanse of slate gray rock Boulders of varying tones crowd together in groups, and a sandy path winds between them, leading to the mouth of a small cavern. Notched into the cliffside, the grotto reminds me of a large alcove. I can see the back wall through the opening. It curves like a dome, meeting the silty earth in a long fall. With careful steps, I hike through the gritty loam and stop just inside the mouth of the cavern. 
It is relatively dark, save for a stream of light, shining down from a hole in the top, casting odd shadows throughout the space. Leaning forward, every move I make echoes back at me. Every rustle, every breath. The grotto is an acoustical haven, like the great theatres of Paris and London. Hello, I say, chuckling as my voice bounces around me. Stepping inside, I am overrun with ecstasy. The ombre walls are magnificent, reminding me of an abalone shell. Shimmering cream, dark brown, and purple run together like watercolor, descending from the skylight above and parting like a curtain around a wide crack in the interior facade. I lean closer, charmed to find that the break in the cavern wall looks like an altar. A flat piece of mineral is fitted into the gap, and a rocky pedestal sits beneath, beautiful symbols carved into its form. A small votive candle poses in the middle of the setup. Reaching into my pocket, I fish out a lighter. The flame illuminates the small shrine. Raw and organic, the domed rock is a smaller version of the cave in which it sits. The votive rests on a tiny altar, one identical to its larger counterpart. I light the wick and take a moment to admire the design. It's a remarkable creation. Running my hands along the porous stone, I note that the subtle difference between the walls, the surface of the altar, and the pedestal that supports it. They all seem to be made from unique materials, something I did not anticipate. My thumb brushes against something fibrous. Stooping, I peek beneath the altar's surface, startled to discover a piece of folded paper wedged between it and the pedestal. With gentle fingers, I dislodge the paper and climb to my feet. Worn and battered, the paper is actually an envelope. It looks quite old, and I am mindful as I turn it over to inspect the wax seal. It cannot be. The seal, it depicts my own family crest. I grasp the altar top, gaping at the letter in absolute wonder. It is astonishing to think that this missive has been here all this time, and I have never come upon it until this moment. I have traversed this wood time and again, yet failed to notice such an obvious place. How could that be? Turning the question over in my mind, I ultimately realize its futility. Here I stand in a cavern of wonder, asking myself how I had missed it. Shaking my head, I decide then and there to leave such notions behind and boldly break the letter's seal. I cannot express its contents. To do so would be pointless, for the letter is artful, reforming itself, shape-shifting, and becoming something new altogether. I fear disclosing its story would only confuse those who read this tale, so I've made a decision. I have decided to follow in the footsteps of those who came before me, to leave the letter in a place where only you will find it, or where it will find you. How you come upon the missive matters not. It is yours, now and forever. Keep your mind, your heart, and your eyes peeled, dear descendant. With great love, Lavender Mercier.
Slowly, you return to Abbott's parlor, meeting his eyes as he looks up from the diary. With a wink, he snaps it shut and glances at the other children. You see, not even Lavender could tell you the story. How come? The little girl with the big glasses asks. Because the story is yours. It belongs to you. Only I can tell it, you whisper to yourself. Indeed, Abbott replies, his eyes twinkling with mischief. Decide and discover, my dear. Decide and discover. Falling silent, you sit on the floor, lingering in Abbott's words. The children come to life around you, dancing, playing, and making merry. You remain ever rooted in the story, allowing the fullness of the legend to fold around you. It is clear to you that the letter is on its way, that it has always been on its way. A myth no more, its existence lives in you, resides in your heart, and you decide here and now to claim the missive as your own, to know yourself as its recipient, and to boldly break its waxy seal. Okay, dear artist, this brings us to the end of today's immersive podcast. I hope you enjoyed the story and encourage you to take time to linger in your knowing. As the source of your life, everything is yours. It belongs to you, is birthed from you, and exists because you're conscious of it. The letter that Abbott has revealed is a brilliant reminder of this birthright, of your true genetic code, that in you, all things are possible. Revel in your truth as creator and give thanks for the letter. It is always on its way and it always contains good news. Have a wonderful new year and I'll see you next time. Cheers. Thanks for hanging with me here at the Dreamwinder podcast. I hope you had fun and look forward to seeing you again very soon. Be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when that next episode drops. Also, follow me on Substack to get behind the scenes, sneak peeks of upcoming episodes and my current creative projects. You'll find the link to my publication, Dreamwinder Manor, in the caption, along with my Instagram, if you'd like to follow me on social too.